You're listening to the Growpoint Devo podcast. Our mission is to glorify God by making disciples in the spirit of love. We hope and pray that this podcast will make a difference in your walk with God. So if you had your Bible, turn your Bible with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. If you have if you don't have your physical Bible, turn your fake Bible. Open your Bible app. And don't be guilty if you don't have. Some people will give, give you a Bible. Not the available Bible, you know? Right there. Raise up your hand if you don't have a Bible. Okay, some good people will just come to you and give you a Bible. We we'll love you. Don't be guilty. You are loved. Matthew chapter 7. That's in the New Testament. The first book of the New Testament. Chapter 7. And we're going to look at verses 24 to 49. By the way, this is the season finale. This is the final episode. This is the final installment of our year-long series, Sermon of the Mount, and our sub-series entitled Authentic. Okay, so Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 29. I want to read to you the words of Jesus, preached thousand years ago, recorded to us by a guy named Matthew. So Matthew chapter 7, verses 24, the Bible says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears this word of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and bit against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished the sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. That's what the Word of God says. Okay, let's come to the Lord in prayer. Pray for your submit. Let's pray for God to teach us through His Spirit tonight. Lord, as we open Your Word, we believe this is Your Word, and we believe as we open Your Word, it comes from You, and it speaks to us right now in our midst. Father, take away all the distraction. Give us humility right now. Open our eyes that we might see the things You want us to see. Enable us, Holy Spirit, to really understand your word and in understanding it, apply it in our life in the power of your spirit. And may you be glorified in the preaching, in the hearing, and in the application of your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, um, one of the things that I'm going to is to search on the internet about quotations about life or kind of graphic quotations. I think all of you are familiar of that because we are, some of us are very millennial. I think familiar, but I think most of us are familiar, are millennial and we can understand that some of us likes to post something in FB. And Uzziah itong i-post kaya itong mga meaningful quotations, di ba? Nakarelate mo Graphical quotes or katong mga hugot hashtag, hugot quotes. And one of the things is na mga quotations about life as a summary about life. One of the quotations that is skinny, life is a journey that must be traveled no matter how bad the roads and accommodation. 
somehow that's like uh, short, pity statements about life. According to this person, it's Oliver Goldsmith, life is a journey. And some people are like, that's the way they see life. It's a journey. And there are, it must be traveled no matter how bad the roads and accommodation is. Second, this is a little bit cheesy, but it's fun. Life is like a camera. Focus on what's important. Capture the good times. Develop from the negatives. And if things don't work out, take another shot. Let's prove, let's go on, okay? Another guy. I mean, th that's true. That's that's has wisdom, okay? Another image. Life is like a book. Some chapters are sad. Some happy. Some exciting. But if you never turn the page, you will never know what the next chapter holds. And I don't know your favorite quotations about life. And I don't know how you compare life. Life is like a box of chocolates, some, someone says. Life is like this. Life is like that. But when we look at Jesus' teaching, as Gibasa na a passage, He doesn't compare life as a summary with those things. In fact, He compared life. Nasa version of summary about life. He, th he, he believes and he teaches us that life is like a building a house. That life is like building a house. That you and I are building something spiritually, metaphorically speaking. That every one of us is building a house. And just because we are building a house, one of the key points and key lessons that we learn, if life is like building a house, then it's not about how fast you build. It's about how strong you build because one of the things important di kayo sa house is kinalanan lang siya strong foundation, right? Kinalanan maayo mong pag-build kaya di ka matulog di ka mo do life if di li maayo ang pag-build sa mong house my goodness it will collapse in times of earthquakes and tornadoes and signal number 4 whatever, okay? It must be strong yun ang di li kinalanan pas-pas yun ang natin attitude sa'yo ganaan tag-quick, easy sayundra, you know? And following God and following Jesus is not quick and easy. It is hard. And if your life, and if you are a builder right now, to be honest, the, the life is a builder metaphor. It's kind of common, I think. Jesus But I think some of us practically, whether we are aware of it or not, we use the metaphor of building, especially in relationships, right? Right now, before we get married, actually, we are actually building relationships you know, from friends and from friends to what? More than friends, from more than friends to get into marriage. And relationship takes time. Building good, healthy relationship like marriage, some of you will get married. Amen? Some of you, this, this will be the, the next month, okay? December, okay? We'll get married, okay? And to have a good, healthy foundation on marriage takes time. The foundation must set. The foundation must strong. The foundation must must withstand the test of time. And in life, it's like that. In business, it's like that. Business must have a good foundation. You don't just create business. You must research. You must, you must uh, learn what are the elements of a healthy business, of a stable business. Later on in life. And Jesus is like that. If you would summarize the whole Christian life, Life is like 
building. You're building onto something right now. I don't know what is your foundation, but thanks to Jesus, you are trying to build your life onto something. You are like a builder. And in this parable, Jesus is describing two kinds of builders. One is described as wise. The other one is described as a fool. So there's a wise builder. There's a foolish builder. So this is a story. This is a parable so that when we listen to a story, we reflect about ourselves. Are we a wise builder? Are we a foolish builder? Because that's how Jesus wants us to see life. Life is building up something. You're trying to build your life. But the pangutana is, are you a wise builder? Are you a foolish builder? And we're going to look at as the passage we have read, okay? In verse 24, Nehemiah says, Jesus, Therefore, the wise and the foolish builder. Nehemiah said, Therefore. Now, let's focus on the word, therefore. Whenever you see the word, therefore, in the Bible, you must ask the question, What is the therefore for? Because the therefore points to the previous argument in which Jesus is trying to tell us. Now, in the Bible, the Bible is not just a collection of pity sayings. Huh? Some people, some Christians take the Bible like that. Like this quote, ganan ko ani, post na ko ni out of the context. You know? Kwaon na ko, kwaon na ko ni, kwaon na ko ni, katurang ganahan na ko, dili ganahan na ko, ignore na ko. You should not treat the Bible like that. You should read the Bible as like reading a, a, a Lord of the Rings novel or a Harry Potter novel, whatever novel you read. It must be read in the context within the story, right? And the Sermon of the Mount is in the context. And by the way, the context of the story of the Sermon of the Mount is that it is the last chapter. It is the conclusion of Jesus' message. And Jesus, previously from this chapter, is arguing something about the kingdom of God. He is answering a question, what does it look like to follow Him? What does it look like to believe in the gospel? And He's describing it in the first introduction of the Sermon of the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5, we talk about the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And he's describing that this is the life of the people. This is the perspective of the people who are in the kingdom, who follows Him. The way they see the world is not like the world. Ilang paglando sa kalibutan is upside down. The way up is the way down. And Jesus is like that. And He's telling us about the life of the kingdom. And later on, he's telling us that we are the salt and the light of the world, right? As a salt and the light, we are the preservatives of the darkness, of the rottenness, this akalibutan, morally speaking. And later on, he tells us that as the followers in the kingdom, we must exceed our righteousness from a religious type of righteousness. Now, religious type of righteousness is just externalism. It's just attendance at church, do this, don't do that. But then you say, Jesus, as followers of me, your righteousness must exceed from that. It's not superficial, it's not external, but inward, from the inside out, righteousness transformed by the Spirit, and so on and so forth. He gave us His commands. And then He said, therefore, all of the saying, He gives warning about the fake Christians, He gives warning about the false prophets, and then as a conclusion, He said, therefore, in other words, in light of my sermon, which we tackle from January until today, 11 months. One sermon of Jesus, 11 months, okay? You're in the last portion of the movie. In light of all those sermons, if you, if you go back and listen to those sermons, He asks us, now what would you do? How would you respond? Because there are two kinds of response 
to his audience. And I think tonight there are two kinds of responses as well. And Ayunsha, your response is likened to a two kinds of builder. The wise builder and the foolish man. Now, what would you do? How would you respond? So I want to, tonight, I want us to look at 3F. Okay? Because a good preacher has alliterated sermons. Okay? So look at F. Okay? First, we're going to look at the facade of these two builders, the foundation of the two builders, and thirdly, we're going to look at the fruit, the result. Okay? Number one, we're going to look at the facade of these two builders. Now, facade, what does it mean? Veneer, superficial. It's a cover-up. It's pretension. It's facade, right? Because what does it mean? Facade? You're going to be in the but in reality, it's not. That's a facade. Now, we're going to look at, if you notice in the Bible, in verse 24, if some commentators and scholars agree that kung sadihan ni mo ang two kinds of builder from the outside, onset, from the outside, they are like the same. Both of them build a house. Both of them are skillful in building the house. And both of them, I think, uses the same material in building the house. From the outset, there's no difference. It's just similar. They have a building house project. They have different set of materials. They are both skillful. From the outset, they're just the same. From the outset, they're just similar. Walay kalahian. Walay dakong diferensya. Pero naa later on. But the point of Jesus and his atua is that similar in most Christianity today. And sometimes we can create a facade that we are a follower of Christ. We smile. Okay? Show us the picture. We smile and we have Christian language. We have this Christianist. We think, how are you? I'm fine by the grace of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And we think that because a person says, Hallelujah. Amen. He's a Christian. And we think that, when we think that the person has the habit of going to church, sometimes we conclude that that person is already a Christian. In reality, it's not. Maybe it's a facade. Jesus is saying that many of, in fact, previously, last Sunday, we talked about a very shocking statement in Jesus that not all who call unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. See, not all who name the name of Christ just because someone has a Christian t-shirt. It's not a Christian. Just because someone posts a verse in the Facebook Someone is a Christian. Just because a person has an amount of good works, uh, philanthropic works to the poor, it's not a guarantee that someone is a Christian. And this should pause into our heart and say, there, that, that there's a reality about making a facade in Christianity. And Jesus wants us to look upon our life as well. Because here's the point, guys. Jesus is more concerned not on what we do, but on why we do what we do. Can I pause? And just let me allow that to sink in. Some people think of Christianity as a list of to-dos list, or to-do list, or do's and don'ts. I do this, I don't do that, therefore I'm a Christian. I go to church, I give, I sing, I volunteer, I do Bible study, and so on. I, uh, Christianity is not like that. Christian, Jesus is looking more on our motives. Why we do what we do. Our motives driven by because we are thankful of the grace of God upon our lives. 
Ato bang pagbuhat o good works is, is gospel-driven because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for me. Therefore, I obey. Or we obey for approval of people. We obey to earn God's acceptance. You see, obedience and doing good works is not enough. Why do you obey? Is the most important thing. The motives. And ang pinaka-problema o susahay, no? Kay dili na itong mabala ng motives. Kaya motives hidden. Lalum. Pwede na ito mabutangan o pasal. Pwede makingon ka nga, wow, gatuos ko niya, no nga. True jud to siya. Pero dili jud di ay. Pwede jud na lang gugma, di ba? No? Dili na ito paabot niya. Okay, you know, you can be lied to, you can be deceived, and you can be self-deceived as well. So, ang pangutanan nato sa duwang kagalingan is this, as we continue in this message, is how can we know the difference? If there's a facade, how do we know the difference? Well, let's examine, ikaduwang F, the foundation. It's not enough. Similarly, from the outset, these two builders are like the same. They build a house, they have the same materials, you know, and I think they have the, in the same location. Okay? They're building something. But then later on, if we discover the foundation, makita na ato, the wise man, according to the parable, built his house where? On the rock. Okay? And the foolish man built his house on the sand. It's, now, mato ko dili pa about foolish mo kinay wise, okay? I'm just describing the two contrasts, right? So, let's gonna look at the foundation, but first, this is a picture. This is a picture in Shanghai a year ago or years ago yeah uh, this is a 13 story flat condo unit or flat condo okay and uh kita ninyo no na natumba siya and the authority investigate unsay cause ni ngano natumba okay ang cause na ni wala gaaway si Godzilla or si Kuana ning moment okay so that, that's not the cause Sa ilang story, sa ilang pag-interview, ang cost is obvious because kung mulantaw ka, another picture will reveal why this condo unit fell down. Next picture. Now, I want you to analyze the picture. Why do you think the condo unit fell down? It's easy. Kung saan lang sa kilid? Saan lang derilapit? A river. Okay. So, asa gibuild ang condo unit? Beside the river. Now, if you build a condo unit beside the river, kumusta ang condition sa soil? Beside the water. Beside the river. Humok. Kung bright. Oh, hindi na kumukuha na, okay? I mean, if, according to a businessman, yun siya, kumu, kun, yun siya, kumu invest ka og real estate, Number one, ngayon mong pangitaon sa real estate, is location. Location, location, location. Location is everything. That location, my goodness, is terrifying. Because you know, even though mo dug down deep sila, the, 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 the soil of that location is very shifting. Because that's near the stream. And kumagulan, and no wonder it fills down. And Jesus is thinking when he is talking about the wise builder and the foolish builder, 
He is saying to us that foundation is very important in your life. Why is foundation important? That's the question. Why is foundation important? Because because the time of testing will surely come. Jesus is saying to us that the time of testing will surely come. You need to have a good foundation. If you are building your life onto something, make sure what you're building upon is a good foundation. If it's bad, you're done at the end of the day. Because surely, say the word with me, surely. Surely, a time of testing will come. Notice, let's look at the wise and the foolish builder. Next, next slide. Therefore, if everyone, the rain came down. The streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Now, ang giulanan raba, ang gibagihuan raba is ang katong house na built upon the rock? No. Kinayon ragapon diya, nga ang house sa saan, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds red. Blue ragapon, the winds blew, okay? The winds blew and beat against the house and it feels a great crush. So, listen guys, both of the house are tested. Both of them are tested. You need to have a good foundation because there will be a time that you will be tested. There will be a time. And if life, if life is like building a house, how strong is your foundation? When testing comes, because your foundation will be tested. Now, let's analyze the foundation one of the wise man and the foundation two of the foolish man. Build his house on the sand and the rock. Okay? If you build your house on the sand, of course, first thing, the characteristics of the sand is it's effortless kung ma-build ka house. Mangita juga. I think ang, ang, ang foolish man, nangita juga siya, okay, itong sayon-sayon, dry bungkal ba? Mag-create ka foundation. Because mag-create foundation takes time. Like, lantawa na ito ni mga condo unit diri sa Davao City. When they create foundation, mayon sila at, at this place a condo unit will will rise, okay? But mayon kapila na mayon kapila kamans and pila kayers. So malaga pa condo unit. Ah, ginakalot de nila sa ilalum. Karabi ilang kalutana because the foundation must be dug down deep. The more deep ang foundation, the more stable it is. So, kung mobile ka sa house sa sand, ah, pagkasayuna kay mo kalot, okay? Okay? Effortless. Walang ka-effort, effort. Okay? Madaan sa santong paspasan. Okay? Ang pag-build ni mo. But if you if, if, if build ni mo sa rock, my goodness, it is laborious. It is hard. And there is a meaning about that later on. Okay? Second is that the sun shifts. Ang problema sa, if imo ang foundation is not the sun, it just shifts. And it's a picture that sometimes most Christian ilang foundation is like a shifting sand. In other words, every wind of doctrine, na aragay ni bago nga doctrina, dali dayon sila madala, dali sila mafallen down because there's no foundation. Selahang kinabuhi. It's like Ephesians chapter 4 says that they are like babies tossed by the wind to and fro. It's just shifting. You know, ta- years, years, years ago, kadumdum ba matong controversy gani about Dan Brown the Da Vinci Code. Kaya ba na ba na? 
and a lot of professing Christians, a lot of professing Christians, hala tingali no si Jesus, dili God, hala tingali no si Jesus, asawa si Jesus, si Mary Magdalene, hala tingali, and most, there are a lot of professing Christians who have fallen away from the faith. And it's just revealed that from the very beginning, their foundation is just shifting. It's a sand. Maybe they are a Christian because of tradition. Maybe they are a Christian because it's just of a hype, of a good experience. But there's no really good, solid foundation. It's just shifting sand. You know, but if your house is built around the rock, no matter what kinds of doctrine there is, there's a stand. There's a conviction. It doesn't fade because you're not built up in tradition. You're not built up in a dogma. You're not built up in emotional hype experience. You build up in the Word of God. Another characteristic is that a sand is uncertain and a rock is secure. Uncertain so na kaya ko pag diri sa tuwa dilimenta unfamiliar sa flood na majoy flood sa tuwa ano I don't know sa inyong areas I think na ay mga flood and when there's a flood there's an soil erosion right? Masay madala mga balay dili kayo strong ang foundation and some people they build their life on a sand. Metaphorically speaking, sometimes one example of the sand is just money. That's how they build their life. That's where their security lies. Riches, accumulation of more money. So I go to college in order to have a good job. In, why do I need to have a good job? It's because to have a good amount of money. It's nothing wrong with earning money, guys. But it's wrong when you build your life in that. It's a sinking sand. Because most people who have lots of money fall into depression. Now, not all, but some. If riches and wealth and money will solve all the problems in the world, then the most happy people, depressed free people, should be the rich people. But if you look at their life and read their biographies, why happy? In fact, I read an article about Jack Ma. You know Jack Ma, right? The founder of Alibaba. Kabalo ba mo kinsa first name ni Jack Ma? O makabalo no? You. You Jack Ma. I'm just kidding, right? Wala to labot. But Jack Ma, once in his article, niyon siya, wala to labot, proceed ta, okay? Um, with all the riches, he's a billionaire, by the way. More than a billionaire, I think. I don't know. But, with all his riches, someone interviewed him in, his, in an article, are you still happy? Are you still contented? And he said, no, I'm not. And I read lots of people who are millionaires. A lot of, lot of them are famous. A lot of them take their own life. A lot of them find drugs to fill the emptiness and void. Why? Because most of this foundation that they're trying to build is just shifting sands. Always does not give you security because... If you try to build your security on money and riches, you lack a hundred percent assurance. Next day, because if you try to invest your money, sometimes next day, right? You just don't know. It's just certain insecurity in life. And First Timothy six seventeen, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, not to be proud of their possessions. Nor to set their hopes on the what? Uncertainty of the riches. Riches, money, investment is very uncertain. And if you try to build your life on God, and if you want to use God, 
iwana, musimba ka sa ginoo, ka, Lord, para i-bless ko nimo. Pero actually, you're not building your life on God. You're building your life on the blessings of God, the money. You're done when the money is gone. It's a shifting sand. And so Jesus wants us to pause. What are your life building upon right now? Are you building your life upon a rock or are you building your life on the sand? Because the fruit of it, if it will be tested, ang fruit eventually is comes to two things. The wise man who built his house on the rock, the moment rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, what's the fruit? It did fall. And of course, the other one who built it, the wise man built his house on the rock, it did not fall. Okay? I'm sorry. The foolish man who built his house on the sand, it experienced a great fall. It crushed. And I love the NIV. It says, and it filled with a great crush. Amazing. In other words, the thing that would reveal your foundation is when the storm comes, the testing comes, and then it reveals how strong is your foundation. So here's a question. How do you have a rock-solid foundation? I think that's the key point in Jesus at the last sermon of the mount, that you, if you listen to my words, you must build a rock-solid foundation because whether you like it or not, the storm will come. Ang storm, wala rin niya gipili katong man, foolish man, who built his house in the sand. Wala na yun ang storm. Oh, dirira ta i-rain down ha? Dirira na to ang storm. Dirira ang wind sa foolish. Okay, no. Both of them experience calamities. And by the way, both of us, Christian or non-Christians, both of us here tonight will experience a test to reveal the foundation. And if our foundation is wrong, it can stand. Foundation is weak, it will fall. Here's the question. Do you have a rock-solid foundation in your life? And the question is, how do you build a rock-solid foundation? The answer is in verse 24. Name is Jesus. Here's how you build a rock-solid foundation. Can we read it? Read it begin. Everyone then who hears these words of mine, I know say lang buhaton, does them. How do you build a rock-solid foundation? Well, anyways, Jesus, everyone then who hears this word of mine and take notes, have a strong foundation. Well, anyways, taking notes is good. It's fine. Don't be guilty, okay? Don't be guilty. Well, anyways, Jesus, everyone who hears this word of mine and memorize them. Everyone who hears this word of mine and post them into FB. Oh, that man and woman have solid foundation. <laughs> Jesus says to us, everyone who hears this word of mine and does them, and I like the NIV because the NIV says, and practice them. In other words, it's not a perfect obedience, but a practicing obedience as a disciple of Jesus. In other words, what Jesus is saying to us, the dividing line between a true follower of Jesus Christ and a faithful, Follower is one word, obedience. How do you know you are a real Christian? How do you know you're a false Christian or self-deceived Christian? Obedience. 
Everyone who hears this word of mine, the Sermon of the Mount, these words of mine, the Sermon of the Mount, and do them, Jesus is, then that one is building strong foundation. That one will stand in the test of time, and after that person will die, that one will stand in the judgment of God. Obedience is the sure foundation that you're building your life upon the rock. Obedience is the is what the divides the one from a listener. Next slide. Okay. Obedience to Jesus is what divides from a listener to a follower. So what divides from a goat, sheep, and from a weed, sagbut, or a weight. Divides. How do you know you're a Christian? You obey. You obey what? You obey Jesus Christ. How do you know you're a real Christian? You follow Jesus. You don't just believe in Jesus. You follow Jesus. Because it's easy to confess in your mouth. I believe. But do you follow? I'm not saying salvation is by works. I'm not saying. Just saying that the fruit that there is really salvation is that you obey and you work. That's the food. And this is what Jesus is clarifying here. Now, what are some reasons we are not obeying? I'm going to give you three reasons why we are not obeying both Christians and non-Christians. This is for us. okay? Some reasons we are not obeying. Number one, some people say it's too hard. power, okay? It's a millennial term. It's too hard. I cannot advance the penitence of the Caliboots, sir. I mean, it's hard. When, when Jesus is love your enemies, it's just hard. When Jesus is forgive, even though you are abused in the past, Jesus, you forgive. It's hard. Yes, it's hard. If you focus on yourself, it's hard. But as a disciple, you're no longer focusing on yourself. You're focusing on the one who died for you and redeemed you. Who loves you even though you are his enemies. He turns you from fr- enemies to become friends. And if you focus on Jesus, now you can love your enemies, not on your own strength. It's hard. The Bible says when you are a Christian, it's not hard. You have a desire to obey. Of course, if you're not a Christian, it's hard. But if you're a Christian, it's, this is not an excuse. In fact, John, in 1 John 5, 2, 3, by this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and obey His commandments. In short, ninyo si Jesus, ninyo si John, you obey His commandments. For this is the love of God. This is the, this is the test that you love God, that you are of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. <laughs> In other words, if God made you a son, and God is your father, and you are now a son, then whatever your father commands is not really hard because He is your father. And by the way, listen, ladies and gentlemen, what God commands in the Bible, He always enables when God commands you to do something, stop worrying. He will enable you not to worry. When God says to you, do not fear, do this, God will give you the ability not to fear and to do that. When God says to you, forgive, ayaw pagkabiter-bitter, forgive. 
God will give you the ability to forgive that person. Look that person in the eyes of love. Don't rationalize. Don't make excuses. When God tells you to obey the Sermon of the Mount, God will give you the power to obey the Sermon of the Mount. To love your enemies. To smile at them in the distance. And not just in the distance, when they are near. And genuinely smile at them. I love you in the love of Jesus. You know? In the love of Jesus, ah, okay? I love you. By God's grace, to be honest, it challenges us because it challenges us to die to ourselves in order to obey. But we need to. Okay? It's not too hard because not only God enables us, He gives us the power to do it. You know, I like the story of a father who tells his child to left a boulder, kanang rock daw kayo. And iyang gingnan, iyang anak, nak, kaya ni mo? Aswato ng dakong anak? And you try yung anak, bata-bata ka, nang pasikat pag nabata ba? Kaya nang bata, mga papilip po siyang papa. So iyang gikuha ang rock, iyang gitry to do it. Nag-hook siya gamay, okay? Asya, Pops, gibuhat na nakuha ang tanang. Hindi siya na ako kaya buhaton. Father says, wala ni mo gibuhat ang tanan. Ayan siya, gibuhat. Tanan nga mga power, energy na ako, resources na ako. Gi-apply na ako na ako to lift this rock. I cannot lift it pa. Ayan siya. Ayan, Father, wala ni mo gigamit tanan ang resources available sa imuha. Kaya naman. Ayan, Papa, wala man kung ni mo gitawag. Because whenever you call upon me, I will be there to help you. And God is saying to us, when I command you, I will enable it. Just come to me. Trust in me. Because I'm the one who will empower you. Christianity is not you trying to obey God. Christianity is God in you, empowering you to obey Him. It's not you trying to obey God. No. It's God just giving you the power to obey Him. Secondly, some reasons people are not obeying. It's not just it's too hard. But they say, I know better. Yeah, pastor, kabalo na ko na pastor. Kinikigay mo ang sermon doon, balik-balik naman eh. Di ba, sa una, itong bago pa kadali sa Dabao, nag-preach mga bugaan eh. You know, katong yung mong sermon, gano'y nga, hmm, application makes the difference, you know? Hey, kabalo na ko na pastor. And some, some Christians are like that. They don't obey because this thing I know. This thing I know equals obedience. My goodness, it's not. I know is not equivalent to obedience. And some Christians, especially na yung problema and counseling, Hey, dapat yun yung bubuhaton niya. Hey, kabalo, kabalo ko makuha na, Pastor Jude. And sa counseling yung sahay, no, kay basahan ni Mook verse. Kabalo ka, sige, suli sa pulang sa gino, kay biblical counseling, beta, di ba? And we try to read verse. Uh, sahay, ang atong dibasahan ng verse, kay kabalo, pag i-memorize pa ang verse para sa tuwa ba? Hey, kabalo na kuha na, Pastor. You know, in Christian life, sometimes... Sometimes what deceives us is this attitude that we know it. Sometimes we think, kabalo na ko, kadungol na ko sermon, hundred times sana. From the very beginning, ever since katong naapa ko sa womb sa kong mother, nampaminaw na kagwali, okay? I said, I know it. So, I, I, the, the problem, the question is not, do you know it? The question is, are you obeying it? Are you practicing it in your life? Not, I, I know it. Many Christians know, to be honest. Professing Christians know. But do you practice it? Do you obey it? Because Jesus is the one who builds a foundation. It's not someone who takes notes. It's not someone who memorizes. It's not someone who just knows. It's someone who obeys. Practice it. 
Thirdly, the reasons we are not obeying is just plainly rebellious. It's just rebellious. And in some moments, some Christians, huh? some Christians can be in a state of rebellion. And some really are not Christians. That's why they're in state of rebellion. Rebellion is, kabala ko mo nagisuli sa gino, pero dili ko ganahan. Dili abi ko. Kabala ko. Kabala ko mali akong gibuhat. Yeah, kabala ko balik-balik. Ano man di ay? Inferno, inferno. I hope you will not come into a point like that, that you are hardened. Because God lovingly calls you to come to Him. Please. I don't know what's your reason, but listen, let me tell you tonight. Faith confession without application is a mere delusion. To say, I believe in Jesus and not to follow Jesus is a delusion. Can I say, I believe in Jesus and not to follow Jesus? No. <laughs> so many Christians, it's okay to be a Christian. Uh, it's okay. You can be a Christian and not be a disciple. That's not true. It's a lie. To be a Christian means to be a disciple. To believe means to follow. Can I say I believe and live a life of disobedience? Paul, over and over again, do not deceive yourself. Do not deceive yourself. A lifestyle of disobedience means you have no eternal life. Cannot deceive yourself. Faith confession without application, without obedience, without following Jesus is a mere delusion. James 1.22, brother ni Jesus. Kabalogo kung a brother ni Jesus. Ilang spirit pariya ba? Brothers and Jesus, okay? And he said, James, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because if you hear only and you do not do, and say, about yourselves, you are deceiving yourselves. Dili ka ganahan ilarun. Say, mong love life, dili ka ganahan ilarun. Ganahan ka true judni. Diba? Before ni mo sugtun, kinahalan na series of tests, kaya dili ka ganahan heartbroken ka. Kaya basig, abini mo true at the end of the day, dili dito true. Right? How much more in your relationship with God? Jesus says, if you just hear and you don't do, you're just deceiving yourself. Dili, uban tao ang gailad. Ikaw mismo na nag-ilad sa mga kogaling. Yung thinking, knowing is equals obeying. No! Hear, it's okay to hear. But do what you hear. Okay? Usahin natin ang attitude sa Christianity. It's easy to make Christianity as a bunch of study. Bible study here, Bible study here, listen sermon here, listen podcast, uh, seminar, and of course, it's all study. And even me, I feel guilty about this. I go, ah, na ako na learning. How? Posata, posata of learning. Because it's easy to, to fill your mind with all this information and not living it out as well. You know, it's like one sermon illustration by a pastor in America named Charles Wendell he has a good sermon station in this. Uh, many Christians are like this father. A father that says to his children, Ngayon ang father say, yeah, mga anak. Okay, nak, busy kay Koron, dili ko makatrabaho, dili ko makapalimbiyo sa balay. I will give you a command na before kumupaulis sa balay, karon nga day, kinahalan limpiuhan ninyo ang house. So this command is clean your house. Okay? Agree? Clear? Kaya pag-ato niya sa kusina, walay hugas. Pag-ato niya sa, mga, sa bed, 
Pumut kayo. Grabe ka hugaw ang balay niya. Clean your house. I don't have a time. So that's my command to you. As a father, I love you. Clean your house. Okay? Pagbalik sa father. Okay, paspas na paspuwar. Balik sa father na. Kapon na kayo siya sa trabaho. Paglantaw niya, wala kaya po nahugasan. Ang um, madishes. Wala kaya po ilimbi yung balay. And ayan mga bata, excited kayo sa'yo. Pa! Kami, kami na-discover pa. Wow, amazing kayo yung command, clean your house. Actually, gistadihan na mo ay yung command, clean your house. Ang word niya, clean, sa Greek word, is, um, um, there are kind of nuances, past present tense. It's keep on cleaning. But pasabutan, and the Greek word is keep on cleaning your house. And pa, nag-Bible study me kami. Nang-invite pa mi yung mga silingan na mo pa. Wow! And pila ka oras, dude, nahumanso na mga Bible study. And so blessed kami pa. Nagkanta pa mi of keep cleaning the house. Nag-compose pa mi of keep cleaning the house. Nag-worship pa mi of keep cleaning the house. And everything, and so on and so forth. Kabalo man Right, pila ka, before Before you naambut, grabe among knowledge na accumulate about cleaning your house. Nag-read me about, about um, how to clean your house sa elementary, from high school, gi-research na ng mga books. And now, naami nga ni nga Bible study about cleaning your house. You get the point, right? You get the point that says, my goodness, my simple job is clean the house. That's it. Period. Many Christians are like that. And if you're not careful, we tend to the Bible are like that. Yeah? Make disciples. When say, when say main verb, I think make disciples, you know? Like, oh, like the main participle is making disciples. When say, when say mga pa- participle behind making disciples and so on, and we extract and we have Bible study, we're not obeying, we're not making disciples. So that's a problem. Making Christianity as a bunch of study without obeying it. some point, I've been guilty of that. Some of you, maybe you've been guilty of that as well. Jesus saying, the one of the characteristics of a true disciple is a life of obedience. Not perfect obedience, of course. I mean, I'm not saying that. Perfect obedience. I'm saying it's a characteristic. Orientation. A life of obedience. So real faith in Christ results into a following Christ. Real faith in Christ results into following Christ. Look at your life right now. Are you building a strong foundation? Is your believing results into behaving? Is your confession results into application? Not perfect. Not per- I'm not saying perfect obedience. Please, saying some fruit of it, of obedience. By the way, before I conclude, I want to ground this because this message I will tell you, can be misinterpreted. That's how I want to build a last point that would somehow keep this in balance, okay? Parasitwa, from a New Testament perspective, from a perspective what Jesus Christ has done, okay? Here's the thing. Here's last point na ako para mabalance na to. Nitanan kami ko, struggling pa ko. I feel I'm not safe right now. Sige. Here's how I kind of end this. Our obedience to Jesus comes from our identity in Jesus. Okay? From a New Testament theological perspective. Obedience, our lifestyle, our activity comes from who we are by the grace of God in Christ. 
We are not trying to obey in order for God to accept us. We are already accepted and loved and forgiven and not condemned. That's why we obey. I hope you get that, okay? And it's our obedience, our grace-motivated obedience is a proof that we are in Christ. I want to emphasize that because it, it, for some of you, ang dating ninyo is... That's why manginikamot jugo para dawatan ko sa Ginoo para ma-bless ko sa Ginoo, mo-obey jugo para ko maluwas, para sure jugo ang Kristohan ko. It's not true. In fact, let me quote Tim Keller to you and one of the pastors in New York. I I like what he said. Ayun Religion says I obey, therefore I am accepted. That's religion. But the gospel or Christianity says I'm accepted, therefore Based on that acceptance by God on His grace through Christ Jesus, I obey. You get the difference, guys? Our obedience is not guilt-driven. Our obedience is not forceful. No, our obedience comes from the confident gratefulness that God loves me, Jesus died for me, I am in Christ, Christ in me, and I obey. Never forget that, that you are loved. Never forget that you are not condemned. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, 4, verse 5, But God, can we read it? Read it again. But God, being rich in mercy, He's so rich in mercy. Billionaire and zillionaire, iyang mercy wala kakahubas sa ato mga failures and shortcomings when we follow Him. Because we will have shortcomings and failures still. Because of the great love with which He loves us. How much God loves you? Great love. Listen, I am greatly loved. You are greatly loved. Can you tell your sitmit? You are greatly loved. You are greatly loved. But God being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loves us, even when we were dead, that's why ang and salvation is not by works. Kaya nga no, a dead man cannot work. Acceptance by God is not by your obedience because you cannot obey God. You're dead. And even when we were dead in our trespasses, here's how what God made us alive. Together with Christ, by grace, you have been saved. Not only I am greatly loved, but I am made alive in Christ. Right now, if you believe in Christ, the Bible says, God has given you spirit. A spirit that obeys. A spirit that is empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. So that imong obedience dili forceful. So that imong obedience dili guilt-driven. So that imong obedience wala ka dili. You're grateful. You're thankful. And you are empowered by the power of God. Let me tell you, you have the power of God to obey. It's not guilt-driven. Thirdly, this is our identity in Christ. I am complete in Christ. Do you believe that? I am complete. You don't need an iPhone 10 para ma-feel complete ka in Christ. You don't need a lot of char-char in the calibuts of the world in order to feel complete. In Christ, the Bible says you are complete. Why? Because of Christ, you are co-heirs with Christ. The kingdom of Christ is your kingdom. What Christ has is yours. It's what the Bible says. Nothing in this world can make you incomplete. In Christ, you're already incomplete. That's why you obey. That's why you do what Christ tells you to do because you have been loved. 
and you are always loving. No matter on your shortcomings, let me tell you guys, tomorrow you will fall. Tomorrow, maybe na kayo ha, Christo, na ko? Always remind yourself of your identity in Christ. You are loved. You are accepted. You are forgiven freely by His grace. That's why you obey. So obedience, ladies and gentlemen, obedience is not from outside in. It's from the inside out. Religion is outside in. Change sa kaha, behave sa ka, sa kadawato na ko. Outside in. Jesus says, come to me. With all your baggages, with all your sin, with all your faults, with all your mistakes, with all your past. And I'm gonna cleanse you. I'm gonna change you from the inside out. And that change from the inside in your heart, in your spirit, will transform into a life from ashes to beauty. From brokenness to wholeness. From the inside out. That's why we obey. We obey because we are loved. I obey Jesus and I serve Jesus because Jesus loves me. When I look at my life, ladies and gentlemen, I still, I still sin. My heart and my thought, I still fail at some point. I still feel guilty. But what pushed my obedience is when I look up and say, so my Savior hanging in the cross for me and says, I love you this much. I don't care how rotten is your past, how broken you are. I love you this much. I can change you from inside out. You obey. Not in order to earn my acceptance because you are already accepted. You obey. Out of my love for you. Because to be honest, if your activity is conditioned para ma-earn my identity, my goodness, it's very overwhelming. Because what if you fail? If your parents will tell you, you must have a 100% score sa exam para ka maging anak na ko. Kabalokan sa buhaton, di ka matulog sa exam. You will sweet all the sweet, Okay? You will work hard <laughs> because my goodness, and you work based on fear. Jesus never does that. God never does that. God says you are already loved. In God's sight, you are, your exam is perfect already. Now study. Now obey. You work from security, not insecurity. You obey from acceptance, not in order to gain acceptance. And kabalo ka kung iyan ay mong foundation sa Christian life ni mo, dili religion. Kabalo ka na mong foundation, walay pain, walay suffering, walay storm, walay flood, makaguba sa mo. Walay cancer na makaguba sa mo. Because if, if, your, if your foundation is in your health, if you, if you worship God and thank God because you have good health, what if your good health will be gone? You're gone. Let me tell you, our good health is not our foundation. It's Jesus Christ. What He has done for me, His love for me. As long as nata di sa kalibutan, ladies and gentlemen, as long nata sa earth, there will be storms. There will be rain. But I hope atong identity, wala sa atong kaugalingon, 
wala sa ato ang possession, wala sa atong accomplishment, wala sa atong whatever we done diri sa kalibutan kung dili atong identity na ni Jesus. Atong identity is well, Christ is in me. I am complete in Christ. Take all the world. Just give me Jesus. It's enough. I'm done. Can we pray? Father, we thank you for reminding us, calling us. As we believe in you, you call us to follow you as well. Thank you that we don't follow you, reminding us as well that we don't follow you by our own self-effort, but spirit-driven, Christ-driven kind of effort, God. Thank you for reminding us of our identity in Christ.